This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Factor. If you want to eat better this year and are looking for fast, healthy, restaurant-quality meals that are ready to eat and easy on your budget, Factor is the perfect solution. So head to factormeals.com slash TV50 and use code TV 50 to get 50% off your first month's order and 20% off your next month. That's factormeals.com slash TV50 and use code TV 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Hi, this is Robert Colbert coming to you from Malibu and thanking you for listening to TV Confidential. Ed Roberts with a reminder that we will replay our conversations with Roy Thinnes and Robert Colbert later on in this hour. We hope you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Joseph Doherty is with us via Zoom. Joseph Doherty, Emmy Award-winning writer, producer, and director, and the author of a new science fiction novel called The First Cylinder that draws inspiration from the famous invasion of Earth by Martians that H.G. Wells depicted in his classic novel, War of the Worlds. Only Joe tells the story from the perspective of the Martians. The First Cylinder is available right now through Fayetteville Mafia Press, and Amazon.com. Dan Barron and Tony Figueroa are also with us. We're having some fun talking about some of our favorite science fiction TV series from the 60s and 70s, including The Invaders, The Experiment in Paranoia, starring Roy Thinnes and produced by Quinn Martin. As we went to break, we were talking about some of the many ways in which The Invaders was an atypical Quinn Martin series. Joe? Who actually created it? I can't remember now. It's... Um, Larry Cohn. Is that like Jerry... Larry Cohn? And I was going to say Jerry Saul, but it was Larry Cohn. No, Larry Cohn created it, and it went through a couple different morphs before it ended up as an hour-long show. And uh, enough of Cohn's original concept made it to the 60-minute show... But he said this to us, he said this to many people brighter than us. It was one of those things that if he had the chance to produce the show, he would have taken it in a different direction and maybe it would have reached a wider audience than it actually Mm -hmm. did. But Larry Cohen back then was not the Larry Cohen who went on to be a successful independent movie maker. Oh, but I'm hoping this just is crazy. Yeah. No, it is. It it is. Is Is Larry, do you know off the top of your head if Larry Cohen has it created by card on that show? Uh, I believe he does. Right. I believe he does. In fact, the reason we booked him is because when... I forget. I believe it was CBS Paramount distributed the show on DVD about Mm -hmm. 10 years ago. And Larry Cohen was doing media at the time. And that's how we were able to get him. But uh, it is also as close to Invasion of the Body Snatchers as you yeah. can get for network television. Larry Cohen is kind of like the other Sam Fuller. <laughs> yeah. You know, just, That's a nice just I mean, yeah. I, I mean, if you, if you take, I'm saying, I'm seeing, and Sam Fuller's in a Larry Cohen movie. He's in a pretty good one too. He's in Return to Salem's Lot. And at the end of the movie, Sam Fuller, who you think he's dead, but he's driving a school bus and he's driving, I guess it's David Soul and a kid. And they're finally getting away from the vampires. They're getting away from Salem's Lot. And the kid turns to his dad and says, are they going to believe that there were vampires in this town? And David says, I don't know. And Sam Fuller's up driving the bus and he goes, 100 years, who's going to believe there were Nazis? (laughs) Paid out. But 
But no, but I, Larry Cohen is like, it's like you do have to be in the mood and you have to be completely open-minded about it. Speaking of Stephen King, do any of you remember a summer series that uh, he created and produced for CBS called Golden Years? Oh, that I've was heard, the thing with the yeah. thing with Keith Sarabica. Yes, yes, I didn't see it, but I I really was intrigued. I've, Keith Sarabica gets younger. Yes, and by his own admission, King cites The Fugitive sure. as one of his inspirations for that yeah. show, and and one of those shows that left a permanent imprint on his psyche. And I believe it is available. Stephen King's Golden Years. I believe it is available yeah. on home entertainment in one form or another. I remember, and it's basically, and he's David Jansen, and they want him to find out why he's getting younger. And yes. if that means we have to dissect you, well, that's just the cost of doing business. Yes, and um, Stephen, I'm blanking on his last name. Root. He went, Stephen Root, he went, who went on to start in news radio, was... Um, I and I'm going I'm I'm going off memory. It's been 25 years since I've seen this. I believe he was the head of the organization that proved to be the antagonist to Keith's character, and then uh, Felicity Huffman, about 10 years before Desperate Housewives, was the female lead, and I believe she played an investigative reporter or a scientist, or I forget what her character did, but she, Stephen wrote, and Keith whose last name I can't pronounce at the moment, uh, Joe. Sarabica. Thank you, Joe. I know it, because he actually, because he was in a play I wrote. Thank you, Joseph Doherty, playwright of the award-winning Chester Bailey, among wow. other plays. But uh, I recall that it got a lot of press at the time, simply because it was Stephen King. It was one of the last, quote-unquote, summer shows at an era when the network still did summer replacement shows. It did not... And, and 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 I don't know whether it's a time slot thing or or whatever. It did not catch on the way CBS thought it would catch on, and it only went, I think, seven or seven or ten shows. I thought I don't know why I and I have nothing to base on. I thought it was supposed to be pretty close ended. I mean, well, I'm going on memory, and it may it may, sure, it, okay. it, may it may have been intended as a novel for television. You may be you may be going on memory, but I'm going on ignorance. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's listed so. as an American television science fiction thriller miniseries. Okay, there you, oh, there you okay. go. Now, now, did they define miniseries as something that, okay, well, it's not going to go along much longer, but we'll give you an opportunity to put a button on the end. It's usually, it's usually, it's usually four nights, two hours apiece, two, four, six, eight hours, six or eight hours. Well, that's about seven shows. That's about right. Only it ran on consecutive Mondays in the summer of '91. Is our if our it was Monday. a series, yeah. yeah. But I mean that that's again you could do that now. It's like I mean I didn't like Old Man because it was too violent, but I thought, oh, why are you doing a second season of Old Man? Didn't you just? I mean, we didn't we tell this story? Isn't aren't we done now? And that's what I thought. And that's what you thought, Joseph Doherty, author of the first Cylinder. New science fiction novel that draws inspiration from this famous invasion of Earth by Martians that H.G. Wells depicted in the classic novel War of the Worlds. Only Joe tells the story from the perspective of the Martians. First cylinder available now. Fayetteville Mafia Press and Amazon.com. Joe, does one need to have read the original 
Where are the worlds to follow along with the first cylinder? No, but you'll have more fun if you have. And we're in we're in it for the fun here, folks. Is Gene Barry in it? Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> yes, Burks. God, you know, Burks Law does not hold up. But that's no, another it does issue not. entirely. Does not. It does not. It's it's oh brother. Well, this, um, this is not this is not science fiction per se. But no. I, I included it on my list, and I don't mean I don't want to sound like I'm sucking up to the guest, but I included the night that panicked America, which is not really a sci-fi movie per se, but it was one of the first truly great made-for-TV movies that I remember seeing as a kid, and it's a movie with an all-star cast, meaning an all-star cast of ABC TV actors that depicted the panic that ensued on, on, on the night of October 30th, 1938, when the world, the worlds was, was played on radio and everyone thought it was real. Yeah, that's Nicholas Myers again. A name that's come up several times in our conversation. There, there was another telling of that story. It was one of the anthology shows that, and I think Edward R. Murrow was kind of moderating it. I think it was Edward you know, basically to kind of give the audience perspective of what was happening because they didn't do the entire broadcasts. Mm. They were, but they were showing how at a certain point when people were freaking out. And, uh, but it was done, you know, you know, in the golden age of television style. So it was a little bit more, it was shot, you know, when the poor TV sets that were, you know, screens the size of post. <laughs> but uh, but yeah but yeah and, and the one you mentioned it's got John Ritter it's got Will Gear it's got Vic Morrow um, yeah. yeah and, and I uh, think oh and it, yeah it's and it has stock footage from the 1953 War of the Worlds they just were hoping you'd notice the cars were <laughs> <laughs> no, no I mean I, I wrote a fan fiction Walton's episode of them listening to the War of the Worlds but. Uh, I decided to make the uh, the Baldwin sisters the voice of reason, but uh, well, you know, yeah, I had uh, I had Ike Ike in the uh, general store playing pool with Yancey Tucker, and they're listening to Edgar Bergen, and uh, Nelson Eddy comes on. Yeah, they're listening. Nelson Eddy comes on the Edgar Bergen show, and they say, "Can we change the channel?" Yeah, Yancey goes. What is that Janet McDonald C in this guy? And they change over to CBS, and 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 they're hearing you know a news report about being invaded, and, and then you know, and so uh, Yancey thought, well, he should protect the recipe. So yeah, so I write in a way where the Waltons are reasonable, and they were not played as fools. But um, but uh, were there any Nazis in it? Uh, yes, uh, because there was a character who. Heard invasion, assumed Nazis, not Martians, mm-hmm. and started, you know, wanted to buy ammo from the general store. But two weeks prior, Winston Churchill made an announcement that Americans and Brits should be armed against these Axis powers. So Ike Godsey was out of ammo because Winston Churchill told everyone to be armed two weeks earlier, so they didn't have the supply. It was a supply chain issue. It's a supply chain issue, yes. Yeah, yeah. so yes, yeah, so I had it. Um, so yeah, it, it was a long pandemic, guys. I'm sorry. I put it on a Walton's site, and people thought it was sweet. Yeah, but hey, it, it starts with a narration. For, you know, I wrote a narration <laughs> with an opening that sounded like something Earl Hamner would say, and I closed with an Earl Hamner and a good night, John Boy. 
Joseph Doherty is with us via Zoom. Joseph Doherty, Emmy Award-winning writer, producer, and director, and the author of a new science fiction novel called The First Cylinder that draws inspiration from the famous invasion of Earth by Martians that H.G. Wells depicted in his classic novel, War of the Worlds. Only Joe tells the story from the perspective of the Martians. The First Cylinder is available right now through Fayetteville Mafia Press and Amazon.com. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. One more item if you want to eat better this year. Our friends at Factor are the perfect solution. They have more than 35 fresh, pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto, and Vegan and Veggie that are restaurant quality with such premium ingredients as filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus, and which are all ready to eat and ready to eat with no prepping, no cooking, and no cleanup necessary. Check it out yourself by going to factormeals.com forward slash talk TV 50. Astrid and I recently checked out some of Factor's keto selections, including their roasted tomato and feta cavatappi with broccoli and red peppers, and the garlic and herb roasted mushrooms, while their three bean chili with quinoa is just the right size for lunch. We also enjoyed their chocolate banana smoothies, which is just one of the more than 60 healthy and nutritious add-on options Factor provides that will help you fuel up and feel good all day, while best of all, Factor meals are less expensive than takeout. Head to factormeals.com slash talktv50 and use code talktv50 to get 50% off your first month's order and 20% off your next month. Factor Meals is celebrating Earth Day all throughout the month of April, so be sure to look for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for our lowest carbon footprint meals. Factor Meals is the perfect solution for fast, upscale, ready-to-eat meals. That's factormeals.com slash talktv50 and use code talktv50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Dan Barron and Tony Figueroa are also with us. We're having some fun talking about some of our favorite science fiction TV series from the 60s and 70s. Joe, is your Joy Lansing project still on the table? It is still on the table, and I'm really looking forward to moving forward with it very, very soon. I'm kind of committed to it. I just want it to happen. So it has, yeah, uh, it's, it's still a very real thing. Okay, well, I, and I realize there's a, there's a limit to what you can actually say about it now, yes. but um, hopefully when things are settled and things are back in production and, and um, you're able to make that happen, you will visit us again. I, you, you bet, because this is, I mean, yes, right, right now the only thing I'm allowed to do is to go into offices and not say anything. Uh, but I actually, I don't even, it's, it's a little strange because it's, it's a passion project and I want to be involved with it. So we're, we're, we have to have polite conversations yeah. <laughs> about the we, about the weather. Yeah. <laughs> um, but well, no, we, we, it's it, nothing, nothing's going to happen until the, the, the strike is resolved and hopefully it will be resolved and, and, and hopefully it will not be necessary for 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 the SAG after members to join us on the line, but that 98% strike vote was really a, um, a great tonic for the writers when we saw that from the actors. Program note: This conversation with Joseph Doherty was recorded on Tuesday, June 20th, a few weeks before the Screen Actors Guild went on strike on Friday, July 14th. 
the Joy Lansing project that we are asking Joe about is an adaptation, if all goes well, it will be an adaptation of a very sweet memoir written by uh, Alexis Hunter, um, yes. which uh, depicts the last four years of Joy Lansing's life and Alexis's um, intimate relationship with Joy and the roadblocks um, that they faced back at a time when it was more important for Hollywood to play up the sex symbol image of Joy Lansing and rather than pay attention to the health issues that she was battling at the time due to a ill-advised breast enhancement. Sorry. I'm going to be talking to the uh, illustrious author of that book. Well, when, when you do next, please tell her I said hello. Oh, I sure will. You bet. All right. Uh, are there any other obscure titles we want to uh, throw into the mix before we say goodbye? Only one I had was a, a, a time travel series called Journeyman that premiered in 2007. But I think uh, it was like five episodes and out. And here, how obscure? Roddy McDowell? I think, was Ronnie McDowell already gone? Uh, no, the um, Kevin McKidd, Brian Howe, Gretchen Goff, okay, uh, Moon Bloodgood. Yeah, it was on NBC. Anyway. It was kind of like Quantum Leap, but people didn't know how it was happening. You know, the, the time travel, at least with Quantum Leap, you had Dean Stockwell say something. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. you're part of an experiment that went caca, you know, and, <laughs> and, and you learned a little bit. But, you know, they also had the wonderful... Um, fail safe in quantum leap you know when scott Bakula would ask a question sometimes it's like well you shouldn't know that <laughs> we can't tell you is it why can't you tell me he said, well you made the rules you know so <laughs> it was yeah so uh but journeyman uh, they were it, it was a guy who it was set in san francisco and for some reason he kept bouncing back uh in time uh usually in the past mm -hmm. and he would see himself a few years younger and uh, they were starting to get to explain exactly why he is part of some alleged experiment, and the show got canceled before Christmas. Yeah, never explained. Uh, and never, we never found out. For, uh, you, uh, I forget which one of you mentioned Roddy McDowell, but did he not do a? He, I think he did a series around the time of Cliffhangers for NBC. I think it was around the time of Cliffhangers and Project UFO called I think Fantastic. Journey, yeah, that's Fantastic the journey. That's the yes. one I'm thinking about. Yeah, and uh, I think Jared Martin, either before or after he played Dusty Farlow, was the lead on that show. And I forget what yes. I forget what Roddy McDowell did, but there was there was I mean, it was during that stretch where Roddy McDowell was playing mad scientists on Wonder Woman and and other uh, you know. Um, and it was be just before Tales of the Gold Monkey. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was something like uh, that one. They were they were like plucked out from various time periods, but you know between the well, 50s, 60s I, and 70s. Yeah. Why I know this, I don't know, but I think they ended up in, on an island in the Devil's in in the Devil's yes. Triangle, and all these portals were on there. It was, a, it was actually a sandals, but they didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> the first cylinder available in soft cover, as they say in the trades, uh, soft cover paperback. And as an ebook through Fayetteville Mafia Press and Amazon.com. Joe Doherty, Dan Farron, Tony Figueroa, thank you again for joining us. Thank you, oh, sir. As always, it's always great. a pleasure. It's wonderful. As always, always fun. We'll replay our conversation with Roy Thinnis, star of The Invaders, when we come back on TV Confidential.
be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.